That's true, but by then we probably will have all frozen to death because we won't have been able to afford our heating. That's true. And we won't be able to drive anywhere to buy heating because there'll be no petrol. (laughs) I saw, I mean, like, I saw an article in The Independent yesterday and it was like, here are a list of all the things we're going to be short of at Christmas. And it was like, Turkey. Um, (laughs) Turkey was number one. It was like, Turkey, pigs and blankets, PlayStation 5s. And it's like, why... Why? What? What newspaper editor thinks this is a good thing to write? Given what we just saw in the petrol forecourts two weeks ago, mm. what we need to do is put a list of all the things that we might run out of: pigs and blankets. <laughs> but people, because of this, the the situation with the abattoirs just now, people are now apparently, some people anyway are panic buying bacon because they think bacon's going to run out. <laughs> bacon's not going to run out. It's just the surplus pigs are going to get killed. There's not going to be a bacon shortage. And if there is a bacon shortage... It's not an emergency. You can't wipe your bum with some bacon. Well, you could, maybe really greasy. Yeah, it's... Uh, no. Like, if you need your car to, like, to get to work, you need petrol. But you, you could go a month without eating bacon. Probably be healthier for it. I mean, I don't eat bacon that often. So, like, it's not going to bother me. No. I mean, I think what's, what's weird, and we may have talked about this last time, but I, I don't think we did, is that... What's weird is we have grown up, we're, me and you are kind of the first supermarket generation yeah. or probably hypermarket generation is probably the better term for it because, uh, you know, when we first were very young, there was little supermarkets that were, you know, bigger than your average shop, but still not huge. And then mm. the hypermarket came in Um as we were growing up. And so we've grown up with these hypermarkets where always upon always upon always, the shelves have been full. Mm. You know, if, if three, four, five tins of beans go, then generally before long, they're replaced on the yeah. shelves by, yeah. by a store worker. And this is the first time in my life I can remember you go into a shop and there were just holes yeah. Where, where products are supposed to be. Not to the extent that we're, I've yet to find. I know I keep reading articles about the fact that one in six um, essential food stuff is missing or something like that. I'm yet to really see that. No. I've not. I mean, we go, we've go. we got you know, a family of six. We go shopping every week. There was one time we went to Lidl and the shops were quite bare, but I think we just went in the wrong day because sometimes Lidl, they put their deliveries out yeah. certain days of the week. But it's not been yeah, you see all these pictures in articles of completely like entire aisles where the shelves are bare. I haven't seen anything like that. No, but I think it, it is showing us that the, the Britain has changed and just in the very nature of the fact that there are some empty, empty shelves here or there. You know, it is 
I mean, we all have, I think this is the thing, isn't it, though, is we all have our own essentials in inverted commas. Those people that are panic buying bacon, they may think that's an essential. For me, it would be Pepsi Max. If Pepsi mm. Max disappeared off the shelves and Weetabix. Well, cherry Pepsi Max for me, but if that disappeared off. Oh, because there was, you know, the carbon dioxide thing. They said Pepsi might stop making juice. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to have to drink water. Oh no. <laughs> I have to drink water with my dinner again. Ooh. Exactly. And if to somehow coffee or tea suddenly mm. go down vastly in um, in production or, or in supply, then I think we 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 might finally see a break in the the poll lead for Boris Johnson if that That's finally it. happened. Absolutely. I, I don't know what else will do it. Well, maybe say. I don't know if if there's some kind of energy crisis whereby reality TV shows can't be filmed, that might do it. Yeah, that's if, true. If they can't keep the ice frozen on strictly on ice, I don't even know if that's still on anymore. <laughs> yeah, if, I mean, I believe so. If the deforestation continues and they can't have I'm a Celebrity. Yeah, then, that then kind of something thing. might happen. I don't, I don't know, I find it... Yeah, if, if because of Brexit they couldn't do Love Island properly. Mm, that I mean, I'm surprised it. that hasn't happened already, but... I think yeah. I think the, the the difficulty you're suggesting there is all of those shows and inferences that you're mentioning. It's actually people over the age of fifty that need to be affected. That is true, and I think so, that that's the problem. What we need then is for oh, I don't know some kind of embargo on trading antiques because of Brexit, then the antiques roadshow gets cancelled. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 an odd thing. Is I mean, as you know, my family. Uh, or, or my father's side of the family were pro-Brexit mm. to a large extent, not completely, but to a large extent. And it's funny now is that, the, it's not funny, it's tragic, is that I just kind of say, oh, the country's going well, isn't it? And uh, they just kind of nervously laugh. Mm. I mean, everybody knows why we're in the situation we're in, but nobody likes to talk about it. You know, it's no. like, it's like what it must be for like the royal family with Prince Andrew. <laughs> you know, when they all meet for lunch and, they, you know, they just don't mention them. So Brexit is basically the problem child, that's what you're saying. It is. It's the Nobody thing. wants to talk about it. Yeah. Because... But that's not true. People do want to talk about it. Like People like you and I want to talk about it. Yeah. And people like James O'Brien like to talk about it. But when you watch the BBC News, they never... when they talk about fuel shortages, they talk about all these other shortages that are coming. They just they just say oh it's because there's a, a shortage of truck drivers. They never mention the B word. It's yeah. like the I mean it's almost as if somebody high up said to them, please don't mention Brexit when you're talking about fuel shortages and food shortages. Please don't don't mention that. Uh, we because, don't want people to realise no. that these things are actually linked to each other. Well, Nadine Doris will be watching, won't she? That is true. <sighs> did, did you see what um, Russell thingy said about Nadine Doris the other day? No. I, I can't say because it's a swear word actually. What's his Doctor Who man? What's he called? Oh yeah, Russell T. Davis. I Russell he might T. Davis. Russell Brand. Uh, <laughs> Russell T. Davis. Yes. He called her an effing idiot. I think he did. He did, and and that's good to finally get some honesty. Yes, because that, what I like discourse. is what I like is the fact that since he came back to it was announced that he was coming back to Doctor Who, a lot of the kind of brexit types have said well thank god for that no more of this woke nonsense that we had under chris chibnall's like so have you never seen russell t davis's other output like he's he's pretty politically sound um, and yeah. one of his first things for him to do is to call the culture secretary an effing idiot <laughs> yeah. and to say that she's trying to like basically ban culture she's going oh. you know trying to get rid of culture yeah 
Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what he does with it. Oh, no. I mean, when you actually go back and watch both Eccleston and Tennant Doctor Who's, they are quite politically, mm-hmm. but not in the sense of, well, just basically, the problem with, I only watched the first series of Doc, um, Doctor Who with Chibnall running it, and they were fine. I think they were just a bit too on the nose. Yeah. You know, like going to Rosa Parks. And, yeah. And I mean, I like I really liked the Rosa Parks episode, but it did feel like you're, you're trying too hard to yeah. be... What I know, I I hate the word woke because it's like a Pierce Morgan word to use. Yes, but it was trying too hard to hit that, you know, yeah. hit that kind of ground. Whereas I think with Russell T Davis, you're going to get it a wee bit more subtle, but mm. you will get things that will annoy the people that don't like woke culture. Yeah, I mean, if, if you, I mean, yeah, if, is the Dean are those people not seen that years and years? No, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And speaking of culture, I feel like a kind of seismic culture change has happened this week because people who've listened to this podcast will know for weeks, you know, you often say to me like, oh, is there anything you could recommend culturally that I could read or watch? Mm. And for, I don't know, I feel like for probably most of this year, I always say at some point, you should give Ted Lasso a go on Apple TV Plus. And you're like, I'm not going to watch that. No, no, I don't. I don't like Apple. I don't like to give them any money, even though no. you've got an iPhone. You no. do. No, you say like... not that. I'm going to dispute that with the one. <laughs> is that um, is is the fact that I I I have issues with the streaming services. How many of them there are? I know. I know. I know. I understand that. And, and to be fair, actually, it was the it's the one slight complaint I've got about Ted Lasso, and it's not a complaint about the program. Which I text you <laughs> last night saying, I think I like it as much as the West Wing. Yeah. Which is probably the highest praise. Is it the Apple product placement that happens in every single no, episode? No, because the thing is, I love the Apple. I love all Apple products. I love mm. even my old Apple TV. That's kind of, it's the, it's the, it's the. I think it's the second generation of Apple TV. It's, it's like dying. Yeah. I'm not sure how long it's going to keep working before Apple just shut it off. But I love all aspects of my Apple produce. The only slight sadness I have about Ted Lasso, is, is the fact that. It. I imagine probably only about a quarter of a million people have watched Ted Lasso in, in Britain. I know, I know. And if it was on, uh, even if it was on Sky Atlantic, 10 times that people, 10 times yeah. that amount of people would have watched it. I know. So on Channel 4, like, you know, goodness knows how many more t- amount of people would have watched it. And, and it just needs to be seen by so many people. I know. I mean, it is, it, it has become something of a phenomenon. Because yes. I see a lot of people on social media talking about it. But you're I, right, it's not going to have quite the same impact as something that was on either Sky or on BBC Telly. No. It's not gonna it's not gonna do line of duty numbers here in the UK anyway. No. And no it deserves it. to. It deserves Absolutely. to because I mean one of the things I love about it most, and and we're gonna talk about it without giving plot spoilers away, listener, because you know, Apple TV, I think you can get Apple TV plus anyway. I believe you can get, if you've got an Amazon Fire Stick, probably with some smart TVs, you might be able to get it as well. They've now got, yeah, well, I mean, my Xbox now has an Apple TV app on it. Right. So, and so the, the Samsung tellies have an Apple TV app. So you, there's anyone, without actually owning an Apple device, yeah. you could just subscribe to Apple TV Plus, which that's a game changer because Apple are notoriously, they like to make it that you can only access their stuff because you can get like Apple Music works on a Samsung phone now. Like yes. they, they fight, they did, they did that last year, and it's meant that more people can access the Apple stuff than and, previously. And it's only four pounds ninety nine at the moment, which 
um, is significant. It's half the price of Netflix, half the price of, of Amazon Plus. I know mm. you get much more with Amazon Prime rather than you do with with, with, yeah. with just yeah. Apple TV Disney, Plus. Disney Plus is you know Disney's like seven ninety nine as well. So yeah, and obviously you get all the kids stuff with the Disney. But for Apple TV Plus, do you know what I was thinking is that now all of season one and season two of Ted Lasso is now available on Apple TV Plus. I wouldn't have thought twice twenty years ago or fifteen years ago of spending. Twenty pounds on each mm. series on DVD. Well, that's what I was thinking. Even back, go back five, six years ago when you and I used to buy television programs from Apple, and mm. you think you'd buy one season of Ted Lasso for fourteen ninety nine. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought anything of that. No. So for those two seasons, you're talking thirty pounds. That's half a year's subscription to Apple TV Plus. Yeah, and, and it's and, not just and this is not a, a sponsored by Apple. No. I think what finally made you do is the fact that John Stewart has decided to come back to television and he's doing a show on Apple TV+. Plus. That I think that was the final straw for you where you were like, right, okay, I'm going to give it a go so I can see yeah. John Stewart again. And Yeah, and I think that that's the thing is I love John Stewart and I think that... Um, and I'm not, I don't honestly think I'm going to keep Apple TV+, Plus for, for a huge amount of time. Once mm. I've done the morning show, once I've watched John Stewart, I'm not sure how, if it, his is just going to be an ongoing show or if it's going to be a series. Um, but... I don't know if I'll keep it for that long, uh, but as soon as Ted Lasso season three starts, then I'll get back for for that, and I'll get it back immediately because I'll watch it one one week at a time. And because, because it's if you've got good. if you've got an Apple account, it's dead easy to kind of like yes. start and cancel subscriptions. That's what make I like that that you can just cancel your Apple TV subscription for a few months and then start up again. It's not with yeah. sometimes with Netflix and Amazon Prime, it's a bit footery trying to cancel stuff. That's but true. it's dead easy to do it with Apple. Although it's I, all done to your Apple account. It is. And I have cancelled Netflix and Amazon Prime. Well done. As a, as a sort of, well, if I'm going to get Apple TV Plus, I have to cancel the other two. Uh, so Ted but, Lasso. Yes, what, we should did, talk a bit, a bit well, about let's, it more. Let's, let's talk. I mean, we could talk about John Stewart as well, but there's only been one episode and it's basically what you'd expect from John Stewart. Yeah. Um, it, it, I wonder if there's many people who, he was the one that brought them to Apple. You think... Every, I imagine most people probably heard the buzz around Ted Lasso and they came to Apple TV. That foundation, that sci-fi show foundation looked really good. And I imagine a lot of people came to it for that. I love the idea that you're probably the only one of the only people in the world that saw John Stewart's crusty face and thought, oh, I'm signing up for this show. <laughs> Do you know, because John Stewart, I mean, yeah, we'll come to Ted Lasso very soon because there's not a huge amount to say about John Stewart. But I remember when um, Channel 4 launched More 4 uh, mm. Back in I think two thousand and three, yeah, maybe uh, half past eight, um, Tuesday through Friday um, was the Daily Show with John Stewart, and from that day when it was launched, I think apart from the episodes during the summer when he took he went on holiday and he let, left um, Rob Cord um, Cordroy is that what he's mm. called Yeah, uh, that's right. Sometimes in charge. Um, I didn't miss an episode. Literally, I didn't miss an episode because I Sky plus every single episode for um, 10 or 11 years. Um, I loved Jon Stewart's Daily Show with a passion. And to see him tapping his pen, pretending to read the script that's in front of him, talking into camera, rolling his eyes, mm -hmm. and seeing him get to do the activism, which this show does more yeah, yeah, than, yeah. Than, than the celebrity interviews that he used to do, which were still very funny often. Mm -hmm. But uh, 
but yeah, it's wonderful to see John Stewart back. But um, but Ted Lasso, Ian, just for the people that are probably still a little bit uninitiated, in a nutshell, what's Ted Lasso? It's wonderful. Um, but basically, Ted Lasso, the kind of the hook of Ted Lasso is that there's a sort of ailing English Premier League team um, Sackler manager. Well, ba- basically, the the chairman and his wife separate because he's had an affair, and she decides that she her first act of revenge against her husband is to hire this American football coach because she wants. She said the most important thing to my ex husband is his football team. I'm going to bring this guy in. And he's going to destroy the club he loves. And then everybody falls in love with Ted Lasso. He is the, the coach that comes in and much hilarity ensues. And it's just brilliant. It's just such a good show. And and what I love about it most, especially in 2021, when we've had, when especially, you know, we've had Trump, we've had Brexit, we've had COVID. Uh, what I love about him is the fact that um, him as a character is he's not a football genius no. He just he doesn't know the rules. Like there's no. a very, very funny scene, or just a very short extract. It's in the original um because it's based on an NBC promo yeah. for, for Premier League football from many years ago. That Jason Sudeikis how do you say his second name? Jason Sudeikis. Sudeikis, um, who um, who is Ted Lasso. Um is a favorite scene where there's an offside given and he runs down the the touchline shouting at the linesman saying, how is that offside? How is that offside? No, seriously, explain to me how that's offside. I still don't get that rule. <laughs> Which is a very funny joke um, for, for, for a football coach. And I think that um, he's not, but he's a, but he cares about people. Yeah. That's the hook with Ted Lasso. He's not a good at two shoes. He's not perfect by any stretch of the imagination, but he wants to be a good person. Yeah, and that's the beginning, the middle, and the end of it. He wants to be a good person, and and there's other characters around him. There's a character um, called Higgins who's sounds like he's been working at the football club for years as a sort of executive type, who again has that same moral core to him. Yeah, um, and then there's the sort of cult favorite character called Roy Kent, who's clearly mm. based on Roy Keane. Yes, in the original um, incarnation of him, anyway, who is a angry, sweary, grunting uh, alpha male type, but also has a really principled core. Yeah, there's you a know? really good. There's a good episode where he and his girlfriend go out with the the chairwoman, and Neil from the office is like her kind of like yes. And when he goes to the toilet, Roy Kent just goes on about what a terrible boyfriend he is. And it's just not what you expect from that alpha male character, the way he kind of like tells him what she should be looking for in a man. And it's just, yeah. Mm. And that's that's the thing. Most of the characters are just, there's a warmth to them. There's a humanity to them. Yes. And yeah, they're characters with huge ego. I mean, Roy Kent has an ego, but at the same time, he has a heart. Um, yes. what I, the other thing that I find remarkable about it, because I told my wife that she would like it. And she was like, I hate football, though. I said, no, but I, I still think you like it. And she watched one episode. She was like, yeah, I love this. Yeah. It doesn't matter. You know, you're talking about the offside rule. If you like football, there's lots of kind of nice little football references. There's, they go on, you know, Roy Kent has to retire and goes on to Sky Sports News and starts talking to um, Chris Kamara and Jeff Sterling. You know, he's, he's, he's on Gillette Soccer Saturday, which is brilliant for those of us that watch those kind of things. Yeah. 
But there's lots of other cultural jokes that get nothing to do with football. There's lots oh. of jokes about like things like Kanye. He talks about like Kanye West albums and things like that. It's just brilliant. <laughs> <Yeah>. It's just <laughs> all these stupid little cultural references are just are fantastic. And, and there's a brilliant thing. There's a brilliant sort of um, thing running all the way through it, kind of where where different characters say things, and it takes Ted Lasso a second to get the, get the reference. Or yeah. get the joke, and then when he does, he's just so excited by it. Uh, <laughs> it's really fun to watch, yeah. and it's just like I, I, I can honestly say, and I don't do this very often. In fact, funnily, we mentioned Russell T. Davis earlier. In the absolute heyday of Eccleston and Tenant Doctor Who's, normally once a series that would manage to make me cry somehow yeah. because it was just it was just so warm and emotional. Uh, the Doctor Who's. But I would say I've watched all of Ted Lasso. That's 22 episodes in the space of the last fortnight. And I would say out of those 22 episodes, I would say about eight. Mm. There's probably been tears in eight of them. Mm. Um, and, and none of them, I don't think, are what you would call sad tears. It's the kind of tears you get mm. where you think, oh, wow, that's just so good. That's so nice. That's just so yeah. lovely. Like, there's, a, there's a story he tells about the dog, which I've watched. You know, there's one where he talks about when they, um, I've forgotten his name now, Danny. Oh, Danny, Danny. Yes. When he kills the, when he accidentally like shoots a penalty at a dog. Uh-huh. But then Ted Lasso tells a story about this dog that he used to know, and I've I've watched that. He does a press conference and they ask him like oh, yeah. how how he feels about it. And he does a speech about this dog that like bit him when he was a wee boy, and. Oh, again, yeah. I wouldn't want to ruin it, but I've watched that speech twice, and both times it's made me cry. It's not even that sad. It's just like, oh, it's no. really nice. It's really nice writing. It's just, oh, it's lovely. And and there's a moment which I think you've just you'll have just seen. It'll be the last episode that you've seen. I yeah, because I'm not. That's the thing. Like I'm not finished. I've been teasing out the last couple of episodes because I don't want to finish. Yeah, you finished the whole two seasons. I've still got like two episodes to watch. Maybe three. And and there's there's a scene and it and it means so much like it's not I'm not going to say anything that could be construed as a plot spoiler here but uh, there's a scene in in the changing rooms in the last episode that you've seen which I mm. think must be episode nine I think of, of season two where um, um, Roy Kent and Jamie Tart who's the other kind of antagonist mm. in in the show um, all you know all the way through. Um, they share a they share a yeah. moment in the dressing room, and I was in floods. <laughs> uh, me too, absolutely, because <laughs> I watched that about two days ago, and I was the same. Yeah. And, and I think it's got that. But for anybody that's still kind of unsure, I suppose a a reference or an earlier reference to the type of thing we're kind of talking about, although this film probably isn't as funny, is that it hits all the same buttons as Field of Dreams does. Yes, completely different plot line and everything. No, no similarities. Yeah, but it has but the same feels. You're right, it does. It's got the same feels because Kevin Costner was that kind of everyman sort of, but it was good and it was pure and it was and it, but it, it appealed to that male sensibility where it got into our emotions. You see, I was worried because I mean, you obviously have just come into it as season two finishes. I watched season two last year, uh, season one last year. Sorry, and I was worried because it got hugely hyped after the first series and I was worried that when they wrote and made the second series might not be as good because people had hyped it up and they might try too hard but there isn't a dip like season two is just as good as season one I mean, it's a different story but I don't feel there's like a like a huge dip in quality or no. emo, emo, if anything because you know the characters better 
I find I'm actually reacting even more so to the characters now because you you really do even the ones you don't like Jamie kind of because he's got this whole thing with his dad and you do start to like really really like him yeah even if he is horrible at times and it deepens all of the characters all the characters that you kind of got to know in the first series like uh you're about to watch an episode probably today Mm. I imagine about where which focuses on one of the coach beard he's called Mm. which you know like I like the fact that the drama is, is, is drama as well. Like, it's still very, very funny. Yeah. But it's also a drama now, which I think they, they acknowledge by the fact that I think halfway through season two, the episodes become 45 minutes long. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a marked shift. But, um, but yeah, it's probably... You, you texted yesterday saying the best TV of two, 21st century. Yeah. And it's hard to disagree. I mean, obviously... You know, we can all get into debates and semantics, but I would much rather go back and watch that today than go back and watch something like The Office, which Ricky Gervais's office, which was wonderful. Mm-hmm. But almost the abrasiveness and the harshness of The Office, yeah, it doesn't really want it. I don't want that. No, I think that's why the American Office was so successful because they embraced the warmth more. Yes. I mean, the first season of the American Office was quite abrasive, but I think they quickly realised that we could actually make a kind of sympathetic character. I mean, David Brent is a sympathetic character by the end as well, even if he is still <laughs> horrific to watch yes. uh, in that last episode, the, the, the specials when he goes out on the date with that woman. But what they did with Michael Scott in the American Office, they mm. made him a more likeable character, and there was much more warmth amongst the other characters too. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that it's maybe it's an Americanization, I don't know. But then I mean, the guy that plays Roy Kent, he writes quite a lot of the episodes. He does. Which I didn't realise at first. I hadn't really been paying attention. I skipped the credits quite a lot because you can do that with Apple TV. Yeah. But then I saw one, it was like written by Brett Goldstein. I was like, oh, wait a minute, that's the guy that plays Roy Kent. I didn't realise he mm-hmm. wrote episodes of this. Yeah, yeah So, and, and I think Sudeikis writes quite a lot. Sudeikis writes, yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. I think Coach, Coach Beard. I think Coach Beard does. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, they've kind of got that kind of. And it was the guy that the, the kind of guy that produces the showrunner, Bill Lawrence, is the guy that did Scrubs, which I was a big fan of back oh, in the nineties. Oh right. Okay. So, I think I think it's one of those. I mean, you know, maybe in in fifteen twenty years time, will we keep what still be watching it? Will it have, will it have faded a bit? I don't know. But I think for this time when the world seems so dark, mm-hmm. to watch something that has so much optimism, it just feels like if you're looking for a, a kind of antidote to all the kind of shortages that are happening just now and the stuff that's still happening because of Brexit and all the Tory party stuff. If you yeah. want an antidote to that, just put a Teddy Lasso episode on and you yeah. will, you'll not forget your worries, but you'll at least feel less shit about them. For, the, for half an hour anyway. But yes. But anyway, listener, we've reached the end of our, the meters running out on our electricity. You know how it's rationed these days with the power crisis. So yeah. uh, we best be leaving you, but we hope you watch Ted Lasso. I mean, normally I don't like recommending another streaming channel because you're kind of like, oh, extra money when tight money is tight. Do you know what? Until Stranger Things comes back, cancel your Netflix. Mm-hmm. Get some Apple TV Plus on for a while and, uh, and you'll reap the benefits with Ted Lasso. Absolutely. Yes. Anyway, have a lovely week. We hope to be back next week. And Hopefully. Then. Okay, bye. Right, bye, everyone. Bye.